Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. For today's podcast, I'm speaking to Cody Sype, co-founder of the Functional Aging Institute. Cody's going to give us some insight into how you can establish a business that works with older clients. Cody, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, Aislinn. So firstly, what three factors, Cody, would you say are essential for fitness professionals to consider before setting up a business targeted towards working with older clients? Well, definitely the, the first and biggest factor is that you have to like working with this population. And, you know, you have to have a passion for working with older adults. And if you don't have that, then it's it's not even really worth considering. And, you know, I, I speak at a lot of conferences and I'll often, you know, talk about this great opportunity of the, the older population. And I'll have trainers come up to me and say, man, I really understand this is such a great opportunity. And we are really in a, you know, an area that would do well working with older adults, but, but I just don't really like working with them. And I just tell them, well, then don't, right? Don't go into this as saying, oh, yeah, this is just going to be a way to make me rich. You really have to have a a passion uh, and an interest in working uh, with older clients. And I think for some people, well, a lot of people, they they just kind of fell into it. You know, they didn't even go into fitness thinking that they were going to train older adults. And just kind of over the course of their career, it happened. You know, the older clients gravitated towards them. They gravitated towards older clients. They realized, man, I really like this. So that's really foundationally the first thing is that you need to have a really big interest and passion for working with this population because they they certainly are different. I think the second thing that's really important is that you really have an appropriate training model established. You, You have a really good training philosophy about training this population. There, you know, there are a lot of myths and misconceptions about aging, about the older adult population, about training the older adult population. And I see a lot of things in our industry that are good, but I also see a lot of things that just make me cringe. And one of the reasons that we actually founded the Functional Aging Institute and created our first certification program, the Functional Aging Specialist, was because people would constantly ask us, you know, what what is the best you know, training program to go through if I want to work with this population. And I just didn't feel like, uh, you know, many of the ones that I reviewed were, were on point. They were, they were really just ageist and they were easy, you know, exercises, basically the same thing that you can do with an, a younger adult. Do that with an older adult, just make it easy. You know, sit them down and use light dumbbells for their arm curls, that sort of thing. And I knew from the research that there were so many more robust and vibrant and awesome things that you can do with older clients to be effective. And that's why we created that the, the program and was really why the reason why I like speaking and, and writing so much is helping trainers understand all the great options that are out there for being effective. So I think you really have to have a good training approach and philosophy in mind if you want to be really effective with this population. And they really respond well to that. And what would you what would you say was a good training philosophy to have in mind then? Okay, so one of the uh, the core things that that we teach is we teach six different dimensions of training for older clients. Now, older clients have uh, you know they range from 
you know, frail and they've got lots of problems to fit and healthy and robust and vibrant, right? And it's not even age that separates them. You can have 75-year-olds that are kicking the butt of your 65-year-olds. But when we look kind of across the spectrum, we see that there are some commonalities. How they're applied to these different levels of function are different, but we see the areas of like the neuromuscular area, which is things like coordination and motor control. We see the neuromuscular area, things like strength and power and muscular endurance, cardiorespiratory domain, balance, which is huge. It's a very complicated area uh, with lots of different stuff that you can do there. And then mobility, you know, can they get up and move around? Kind of an advanced level of mobility would be what we call agility, you know, like if you do an agility ladder. And then the last one being the cognitive area. You know, people are very concerned about their their cognitive fitness and Alzheimer's uh, and dementia rates are on the rise. And so people are very concerned about, well, how is this going to help my brain? And so those six domains, we call them having that philosophy of, you know, I need to make sure that I'm including exercises that are hitting these different domains, but that are prioritized for the individual in front of me. So it's not a one size fits all. You know, it's 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 not let's fit the person to the program. You need to fit the program to the person. So I think that's, you know, at the core of your training philosophy, that's really important. And plus, we talk a lot about pushing people, pushing older adults. There, there are two big mistakes that I see in training with older adults is one, they treat them like, like babies almost, right? They baby them and they don't want to push them. They think they're going to break or that they're going to hurt them. And so because they're not pushing them, they're not going to get the benefit, right? All of us know if we want to get better, we've got to overload our physiological systems. And the same thing goes with older adults. On the other end of the spectrum, I see people that just train them just like they do any other population. They say, well, age is just a number. And so I'm going to train my 70 year old just like everybody else. And what you don't realize is there are, there are things happening in the aging process that make them different than your younger clients. Because if you think about balance as an example, people kind of vary in their balance abilities. But when you hit 70, the balance, different balance systems that are involved really start to decline and you need to focus in on those different balance systems in order to be effective. So just, just kind of some snippets of what I think is a really good uh, philosophy for training your, your older clients. The third thing is in really in your, your business model itself. And this could really apply to any population that you're working with. But with, with older adults, we see that there are some things in your business model that you really need to have in your mind first before you go into it. And that includes things about your marketing, your sales, your training programs themselves, how you're following up with clients. All these things are, are a little bit different when you're working with older populations because they, they do tend to have a different mindset. And so, uh, you know, different communication styles that they respond differently to, to types of advertising that might work with younger clients aren't going to work with your older clients. You know, they're much more relational. So establishing relationships and giving time even, you know, before and after your training to, to build those relationships is really important. So I think, you know, you've got to have the passion, you've got to have the training philosophy, and then your business model needs to be tweaked a little bit compared to most business models in order to be effective. Sure. And when you're talking about building those relationships, uh, how can instructors and, and personal trainers effectively market to this population then? You know, what types of communication strategies have you found work well? Is there any language that should be avoided? And what type of content have you found engages these clients the most? 
Well, I could talk all day about this, so I'm going to hit on what I think are some kind of key factors, and these are things that, that we know are effective because we, we teach these things to our business coaching clients, and we use them ourselves in our, our business, and really try to also learn from leaders in a lot of different industries outside of fitness who are successful with marketing to older adults, you know, so you've got to kind of look outside your industry as well, but a couple of things is kind of in, uh, kind of go back to the relationship aspect that you talked about. Older adults, they they need and want to be nurtured in the sales process. Some will respond right away to, let's say, an advertisement or something that you put out on social media. But typically, that's going to come with kind of in the context of they know, like, and trust you. You know, they already kind of know who you are and what you do and what you're all about. Not only just your training approach and your philosophy, but your values and kind of your beliefs and what kind of person you are. You know, they want to train with people that that they like and that they want to develop a relationship with. So it's not just about the training. So usually there's some sort of nurturing sequence that needs to take place. That could be through social media. Social media is very effective. People think that, well, these older adults aren't on Facebook. You know, they're not tech savvy. And the, the clients that you want are absolutely on Facebook and they are tech savvy. And that is growing as the population of older adults keeps growing and they become more familiar with it. So Facebook, great way to reach older adults. And that's a great way to nurture them in a relationship because now if you're connected to them on social media, you're giving them great information about training, you're sharing client stories and testimonials, you're sharing stuff about yourself, and they really feel like they they know you. So then when you put out some sort of, hey, you know, we've got this program that's coming up. It's just a short program. It's only six weeks long. We'd love for you to try it out. This is, you know, this is what it's all about. They are much more likely to respond. So you've really kind of warmed them up as a lead before, you know, they just see some sort of cold advertisement. So developing that relationship, you can do it online. You can do it also through email. Email is a great way to do it. Trying to you get people on your email list and then you, you give them good information. You give them good content. They love really good content that it's helpful for them. So you give them stuff that's going to be useful, not just in the exercise area, but in just kind of this overall realm of healthy aging and healthy living. We, you know, we found people, uh, older adults really love uh, healthy recipes, as an example. Well, everybody likes healthy recipes. They're, they're not different in that regard. But you want to give them good content, good information, but you also want to do it in a relational style. It's not just about facts. You want to really always think about wrapping your content, the good stuff you want to share, in some sort of relational storytelling manner. And uh, whether that's something personal from you as an experience or a perspective or it's something from a client, or it's just a made-up story, you know, that something that they can really connect with. They love the content, but especially if it's relational in nature, and stories are a great way uh, to really be relational. So you can do that online on social media. You can do that through email. Of course, you can do that in, per you know, in person with people that you know. So your current clients, if you currently have clients, they're a great source of getting more clients because if they like you, they believe in you, they're getting good results, 
then you can always approach them and say, hey, I would love to help more people. You know, my this is my passion. My goal is to help as many people as possible. Would you, you know, introduce me to some people that you think would benefit from this training? And they're usually like, oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I've been telling my, you know, friend Mary about this for some time. I need to get you, you know, guys hooked up. So, uh, you know, your current relationships that you have are a great way to lead to, to other relationships as well. Now, you, you talked a little bit kind of about maybe some do's and don'ts, and I'll hit on some of the messaging that is also important. In, in fact, you, even before the podcast, you're asking, well, is older adults, you know, older clients, is that a, a good term to use? Yeah. A lot of, yeah, a lot of people have that question, like, what do I call them? We, in, so in the U.S., we, you know, typically call older adults seniors, but I really discourage people from using that using that term because there's a lot of negative connotations about being a senior. Typically, the image you get is somebody who is old and frail and diseased. You know, it's, a, it's kind of negative language. So in your area, you got to think about, all right, what would be the negative labels and then just stay away from them completely? Really take age out of it. If you're going to use age, don't use a label like a senior or a boomer or a pensioner, or whatever. Just say, you know, 55 and over or 50 and over. Use some sort of just age minimum so people identify with it. And I would encourage you, if you're, if you're trying to get 65-year-olds, that you use images and language that's more 55 to 60-year-old. That you go a little bit younger in your images and your language because that's what they identify with. And so a lot of our marketing, a lot of our messages will not have anything to do about age, you know, being a certain age, but the title, the content is obviously geared towards somebody who's older, right? So you read that and if a, if a teenager read it, they'd be like, well, that doesn't apply to me. You know, I have no interest in that whatsoever. But a 65-year-old that reads it would be, oh, yeah, absolutely. I know exactly what they're talking about that is of interest to me. So kind of avoid the, hey, we've got a senior fitness program. You know, mm-hmm. come join in. Focus more on the kind of the results that people are going to get out of the program. And they'll, they'll opt into that. So here's a, here's a really good example. We focus on something that's called the NLWs. And the NLWs are the needs, likes, and wants. These are the activities that older adults are engaged in. Now, when we think about it from the needs perspective, what do older adults need to be able to do? Well, that's the same thing for for all of us, really, right? We need to do our basic activities of daily living. We need to be able to get out of a chair, climb stairs, you know, eat, bathe, dress, go shopping, all these daily activities to stay uh, independent. Those are the needs. But those aren't really exciting. And I often hear uh, group exercise instructors that will say, yeah, when we're doing squats, you know, I tell my my older clients this is going to help them to get off the toilet, you know, when, when they're older. And that's true, but it's not really very exciting, you know, and, and I really don't want to think about that when I'm exercising anyway. No. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, I was like, oh, so needs are reality, but they're not exciting. What becomes exciting are the things that people like to do, right? What, what do your older clients like to do? Do they like to hike and travel and take walks? You know, do they like to uh, do certain hobbies, garden, play with grandchildren. Grandchildren are a huge emotional motivator for this population. So when you start talking about grandchildren and any sort of content, ad, copy, anything like that, they're, they're going to tune in. 
you know, what are the things that they really like to do? That's what you want to focus on in your message. This, uh, this program, this exercise by joining our facility, however you want to word it, these are the things that we're focused on. We're ha- focused on you being able to do the things that you like to do better and for as long as possible. Because it's not just about now, it's about, well, in 10 years, where are you going to be? Right? And are you still going to be able to do the things that you like to do? The W then is what do people want to be able to do? What do they aspire to be able to do? Many people have always wanted to do certain things, but because of having a job and raising kids and all the responsibilities of life have not been able to do it. So now that they're 60, 65, 70, 75, they say, man, I've got the time and I've got the money. So what's the one thing that's holding them back? Their physical capabilities. And we have story after story after story of clients that have come to us because there was something that they wanted to be able to do and they knew they couldn't do it. And it, usually it's some sort of trip or adventure with family members, you know, and, and that's really motivating to them. So when you think about putting your messages together, as far as the benefits of exercise, you want to really connect with the likes. That's going to be your main thing. Then you want to sprinkle in some of the wants and sprinkle in some of the needs. You don't want to focus on needs because that's kind of negative language, but it's a reality. And so you want to kind of just refer to it a little bit, just kind of as a reminder. And then you want to hold some of those wants out there kind of as carrots, very aspirational things for them. And you can even tell stories about people that have fulfilled, you know, their dreams of, of doing something. We have stories of People that have traveled to the Galapagos Islands, they've gone on Arctic cruises, they've uh, hiked Mount Kilimanjaro, you know, they've done all these amazing things as an older adult that they couldn't do before they started training. So those are, again, they're stories, but it's also really valuable content to include uh, that older adults really connect with. Mm, Sure. And what about when you're devising a timetable? Have you noticed any particular types of classes or times of day that have proven to be popular at all or anything that should be avoided? Well, this varies quite a bit depending on the area that you're in, you know, and whether you're in a, a more highly populated, you know, area or a little bit more rural area. It does vary a little bit. But what we found is a couple things. Older adults are still busy. They, you know, people think, oh, they're just sitting around not doing anything. That's, that's not true. They're, older adults today are very engaged in community activities and family activities and responsibilities. And whether that's, you know, watching grandchildren for their, for their children or, you know, going to uh, social events, whatever it is, volunteering, you know, older adults are the biggest volunteer force uh, in the world. They are still actively engaged, so they're not completely free and can come anytime, but we found that some really good times for them are going to be in that mid-morning, uh, mid-morning time spot. And what's interesting is that if you know, for a lot of gyms, gym facilities, the mid-morning time is a time when they're pretty slow. Uh, you know, because a lot of people will come, you know, in the early in the morning before work or, or right when they get up, and then things really start to to lag off after that. So that kind of mid-morning time is is really hot. The the uh, early afternoon time is also really hot. Late evening doesn't work very well. But again, it depends on what older adult that you're that you're really seeking to to get. If you're 
really trying to attract uh, kind of frailer older adults, that mid-morning time is, is probably really good. But if you've got older adults that more fit are more fit and they're maybe a little bit younger, so they could possibly still be working or even have switched careers, then, you know, that's going to follow more of the early morning after work uh, time period. But the, the, those kind of middle of the day times are usually usually pretty good. Cool. And what about additional qualifications and skills that uh, that personal trainers and instructors need to tap into this demographic? Well, I don't think there are specific qualifications other than governed by your, your area, you know, as far as what you need qualification-wise to work with older adults. But going back to kind of the training philosophy, I mean, you need some experience working with this population and you need to have that good grounding and, okay, what do I do when somebody comes in and they've got this condition, like they've got osteoporosis or they, they've had a, a knee replacement or they have severe osteoarthritis or they have hypertension, you know, that's, that comes along with the, the territory of working with older clients. And so you need to make sure that you have the appropriate knowledge, skills, and abilities to deal with those things. They're, now, they're not just walking medical conditions, and I don't, I don't want to make it sound like that, but you just have to at least be aware of, of how to deal with those things in your training. Now, I would say another skill, however, that's really a soft skill that's important is really in your relational skills, your, your communication skills. You need to be ready to really talk, engage, and share, to be transparent with these clients. It's, you know, it, you're not the drill sergeant of they march in, they do a program, and then they march out, and you don't really have any, any interaction with them. You need to be ready to have good a good, what might call a bedside manner, you know, mm-hmm. to really be involved with them during the training process, talking to them, sharing with them, laughing with them. We have really taken the approach these days of we would really much rather find somebody with a great personality who's passionate about working with older adults, and then we can then train them on all the exercise stuff versus let's get somebody with all the great, you know, exercise training skills, but doesn't have the personality because I can't teach you that. So, yeah. you know, those, those personality and soft communication skills are, are really important. Sure. And where can people go to find out more? Uh, you can go to our website, functionalaginginstitute.com, or you could look at look for us on Facebook. We have a lot of great resources on our Facebook page, put out a lot a good information like this that you can that will help you be a better trainer brilliant cody thanks so much for your time today i really appreciate it all right thank you for more information about fitpro education and for details on fitpro membership and insurance you can visit us at fitpro.com we hope you enjoy the today's podcast and see you next time